we try to be led by the Spirit of God. Um, that's what we try to do. So we're going to invite our kids forward. Come on, kids. We're going to pray over our kids and send them downstairs for Sunday school. So if you are a child, uh, you can come on up. Bonnie, would you like to pray for the kids? Is that all right? There's a microphone right there. We're going to go ahead and pray over our kids. If you want to just extend your hand this direction, we're going to pray for them. Come on up, Alex Jr. Bonnie's going to go ahead and pray for us. Not yet, Dietrich, not yet. Come on, buddy. Go ahead. Lord, what a gift you have given us in these precious children. And Lord, we just ask that you would surround them today Mm -hmm. with your love. Lord, give them ears to hear, hearts to take in, Lord God, the love that you have for them, the teaching that you have for them. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the privilege of teaching them. And we ask that you would be with us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, give them a high five as they head down there. Good job, guys. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I love his optimism. Next year, Alex, next year. Go Seahawks. <clears throat> you never know. Next year. Man, that last play, though. That was rough. All right. Uh, Hi, guys. Oh, God. Isn't it good to be in the presence of God today? God is good. Uh, I want to do a little bit of, woo, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping and a little bit of announcements before I kind of talk about what I feel like God has put on my heart uh, today. Um, But I want to say, so the first thing I want to say is we are kind of experimenting with having some area in the back that's kind of designated for children. Um, And so in our period of experimentation, uh, I hope that you are also uh, feeling that out with us, uh, maybe finding some good practices. And I was thinking about it. You know, when we come into church and we have children here, how many of you guys know that those kids are not just Cassandra's kids? And they're not just, and they are our kids as well. Amen? They are our kids as well. So if at any time, if, it, if at some point, oh yeah, if at some point on a Sunday morning during the worship set, if you wanted to go back there and sit with our kids, and just kind of be a calming presence, uh, you are more than welcome to do that. Uh, we probably should reserve discipline for the parents themselves, but please feel free to be back there to help the kids color, you know, to help the kids draw, and kind of give our wonderful parents a little bit of a break as well. Um, but they are our kids, and you know what? Uh, for me, you know, as I was sitting there, we were entering into worship, and my first thought was, you know, it's a little distracting for the kids in the back. And then I thought, honestly, if I can't worship here in a church with a little bit of noise going on, I am, have no hope for when I get out there into that world and with all of the noise that happens there, how am I going to be able to worship there if I can't even worship here? And the other thought that I had was that, uh, uh, oh, it just escaped me, actually. They are learning how to worship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if at any time, like I said, if you want to go back there and just be a calming presence with them and help them to do coloring or something like that, please feel free to do that. Um, we love having them. We love having them in service with us for worship. And so, yeah. 
We need our kids. They teach us stuff. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good. Thank you, Donna. Yeah. Yes. It's a good thing. Okay. So that's kind of where we're at. We're still sort of feeling it out. Um, but again, feel free if you're on a Sunday. You know, and if you're a grandparent and you miss your grandkids, consider say, consider those your your spiritual grandchildren. You know. So. <laughs> Susan's too rowdy for the children's section. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, a few other uh, uh, details, some bookkeeping, some announcements. Uh, uh, we, uh, speaking of children, by the way, I'm always interested. I'm, I'm here to say, oh, that was the other thought. The other thought was, man, this is a little distracting, but how many of you guys know the Holy Spirit moved this morning in a powerful way? So I guess it didn't hurt to have the kids <laughs> back there. Uh, and so uh, how many guys know that we are just, like Donna was saying, we are beginning to grow with this new life, and children seem to be what God is bringing to our midst. And one of the awesome opportunities that we have uh, that our business council, who we just met for the first time in 2019, uh, this last week, we decided it, to going forward it would be a good idea, and uh, I'll just say, the Cub Scouts want to use our facility now. Every week, they will be here on Thursday nights downstairs, taking over the place. Um, and they've actually requested that I come on as a chaplain for their group, which is, praise God, that's really awesome. So, yeah, amen. Now, <clears throat> what that means is a little bit of a rearranging of things. So this is what we're going to do. We have a worship jam night. It's currently been going every other week. We're going to change it to be the first and the third Thursday of every month. So the first and third Thursday of every month, we'll have, still have our worship jam night. So basically the reason for that is the last Thursday of every month, the Cub Scouts have a big meeting where they give out badges and they invite the parents and that kind of thing. So they are going to need this space the last Thursday of every month. So our worship jam night has been now going to the first and third Thursdays of the month. We are going to have it this week, and then after this week, we'll be doing the first and third Thursdays. Does, does that make sense? At 6 o'clock. If, that's the, if you don't know about it, if you play an instrument or you want to just come worship with us and sing or just hang out, that's a time where we just we worship together. It's also a time for people to develop their musical skills. If you're learning how to play guitar or you're learning piano or something, join us. It's very low-key. There's no pressure. Uh, we just do it to worship together and kind of grow in our musical talent as well. So that's Worship Jam Nights, first and third Tuesdays of the month. First and third Thursdays of the month. We changed that recently, sorry. Six o'clock, first and third Thursdays of the month. So we'll be up here, and the Cub Scouts will be downstairs, and it's awesome because we are worshiping, and they are down there doing their thing, and it's just an atmosphere for them of welcoming and worship. Okay, so if you see some extra kids running around here this during the week, that's what's going on, and we're excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Michelle. That's right. Yeah. 
Amen. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle works, uh, she is a ministry leader in Celebrate Recovery, uh, which is a great ministry that we also kind of partner up with. And Faith Baptist hosts it, and it's on Tuesdays at 6. Tuesdays at 6 at Faith Baptist. See her if you need more information about any of that, and she'll, she'll give it to you. Uh, the last thing I want to say is that if you are interested in, man, I, I got this thing, I can do CR at 3 o'clock, but what can I do between when church gets out and 3 o'clock? I have something to offer you for that. And that is that starting today and going on um, until the beginning of March, we are going to have a a class after church on Amy Silton McPherson. Uh, People, we had a a vote on what topic you would like me to talk about, and Amy Silton McPherson won out the vote out of like nine uh, different topics. So we are going to start a series of teachings after church if there's not much of us, we'll meet in my office. If there's a lot of us, we'll meet downstairs. Um, but come if you are interested. Uh, this is the, Today will be sort of an overview and a discussion of what we're going to be talking about and reactions and that sort of a thing. But uh, we're going to learn about her. If you don't know Amy St. McPherson, is, she founded the Foursquare Church. So we are a Foursquare Church. We're a part of a denomination, and she was the one who founded that denomination. So we're going to learn a little bit about her. Just so happens... <laughs> I know a lot about Amy Simlick-Ferson, and I'm happy to share all of that information with you. Somebody's like, oh, does that mean that you've read a book on Amy Simlick-Ferson? Guys, I've read every book on Amy Simlick-Ferson, actually. I've probably read two dozen books on Amy Simlick-Ferson, as well as 500 articles on Amy Simlick-Ferson. So I've read a lot about her, and I'd love to share it all with you. So come today after church, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay? Um, I want to say, Bruce, can I save your testimony till after I'm done sharing a little bit of the word? Is that all right with you guys? We have a guest with us. His name's Bruce. Everybody say hi, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Bruce is going to share a testimony that he has, uh, that God, uh, something that God did in his life. Um, and Stan uh, is a part of that as well. So we're going to invite them up after I'm done talking a little bit. And we're going to have a little time of prayer, if that's all right, um, about that. But I want to just share with you briefly what the Holy Spirit has been talking with me this week about today. The notes that I had today, I remember this last week I've been, I was putting together things, and I just felt like in my spirit I thought, I don't have a lot on paper here. This isn't a very long thing. I was like, why is that? Oh, it's because God had a plan for, for today already. So, um, But I do want to share with you what, what I feel like God has been saying. So let's just pray. Lord, we... Thank you that you have given us your word to guide us and to teach us. And we realize and acknowledge that your word is good for our lives. So we ask that you would open our ears and open our eyes and our hearts to see and hear and receive what you have for us this morning in your word. God, let it be life-giving to us as it reminds us of the true life-giver, and that is your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Amen. Today I'm in Romans. We've been sort of exploring last week and this week and next week again. We're kind of unpacking what I felt like God was kind of putting on the heart of our church for this next year. And that was Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses 
in all of Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we've been sort of talking about that. This last week we talked about Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, and we talked about uh, the Spirit of God moving in faith uh, within our lives uh, and through examples of faith to make us witnesses of faith of God. And now today I'm going to go to Romans, and we're in Romans, uh, Romans 8. We're going to start in, verses, in verse 9, and we're going to read to verse 11. Does somebody want to read for us? You have to uh, either come up here or take this back with you. I want you to use a microphone. Uh, but does somebody want to read for us Romans 8, verses 9 through 11? Who wants to? Come on, Dave. Um, n- probably not. You can, have, you can borrow my Bible, though. I got one of these things. I got a paper version. There you go. It should start right on the top of that page there. Yeah, I know, I know. Romans 8, verses 9 through 11. But you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Thank you, Dave. Amen. This is NRSV version, but I'm curious to know as we begin, who has a different version of the Bible? Donna, could you read verse, the first part of verse 9, just it talks about the flesh and the spirit. Just that part. Go ahead. Sure, okay. Who else has a different version? Anybody else have a different version? Go ahead, Donna. Other Donna. <laughs> Good. Uh, a third version? Anybody want to throw out a third? Go ahead, Christy, in the back. Nine, right? uh, yeah, first part of verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Good, thank you. Good. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways that we kind of translate this particular verse, and I took it upon myself to really dive deep into this first section. Um, because if you look at it in my version... Uh, My version simply says, but you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit. But there's a world of difference uh, between some of these versions. If you look at, if you had, for example, a Bible software, and you could look at 12 different English versions of the Bible, and you could look at this verse all at the same time, you'd find quite a bit of variety uh, in the way that this is translated. And that might speak to the fact that it's not entirely 100% certain what exactly Paul is saying here. But if you really dived into it deep and you kind of, you did a bunch of research, which, which years of uh, education and thousands and thousands of dollars have afforded you, um, then, you, <laughs> if you were me, you would discover, uh, tens of thousands, you would discover uh, that there's, there's something at work here in the word in. But you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit. What does Paul mean by in? You are not in the flesh. 
Well, if you really break it down, it doesn't just mean like in as in um, I am inside of something or, you know, I'm associated with something. What it really means is under the influence of. Under the control of. Under the influence of. You know, you're not in it. You're not under the influence of it. So if we read it like that, it would say something like, but you are not under the control of the flesh. You are under the control of the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. And again, that word dwells, it doesn't just mean the Spirit of God is inside of you. It literally means he houses himself in you. Like your body is a house that he lives in. He's made home. He's made a home inside of your body. But you are not under the influence of the flesh. You are under the influence of the Spirit, since the Spirit of God lives in you, resides in you, dwells in you, has made you his house, has made you his temple, as Paul says elsewhere. Yeah. And it made me think about what sorts of things I have influencing my life. There's a lot of things that want to influence you. There's a lot of ways to think. There's a lot of uh, paradigms that want to control the way that you live, the way that you think, the way that you work. And a lot of people in our world, and I'm sad to say, but a lot of Christians as well, sometimes buy into the influence of other things. What are you under the influence of? What are you driven by? What is that thing that decides for you? What is right? What is wrong? What's the good thing in life? Who gets to determine that for you? Because like we were talking about a few months ago with David, the person that occupies the throne of your heart gets to decide the direction your life goes. What's on the throne of your heart? Under whose influence do you live? And Paul here makes a very straightforward statement, and I I like that about him. He says, you are not under the influence of the flesh. You are under the influence of the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Brothers and sisters, I, I I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ, but I want to tell you something. If you have accepted Jesus into your heart, let there be no doubt whatsoever that the Spirit of God resides in you, dwells in you. Let that never be something that comes into doubt for you. If you have aligned yourself with Christ, Christ has promised that he gives his spirit in abundance to those who submit themselves to him. You have the spirit of God living inside of you. You are not under the influence of the flesh, but under the influence of the spirit. Because, as Paul goes on, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Right? You either are or you're not. It's pretty black and white. You are under the influence of the Spirit of God, or you are not. Now, there's times in my life, there's moments in my life where I buy into the lie that my direction is set by other paradigms, that I'm under the influence of other things. And my flesh rises up sometimes in rebellion against me. But that's not the reality. That is a false reality. That's not the way it is. That's something inside of me. And Paul says, when I sin, it's not me sinning. It's something inside of me is doing this. Something inside of me is warring against the Spirit of God. 
that does not mean the Spirit of God is not inside of you. I want to make that very clear because I think sometimes Christians have this feeling that once I'm saved, I should never sin again. And, and brothers and sisters, that is definitely the goal. Jesus says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Absolutely. Let's not be ashamed of that or back down from it. But the fact is that there's still something inside of us that wars against, that hasn't quite given up the ghost yet, that has sort of decided it's going to set up a rebellious camp in our lives. And when that army rises up, when that influence begins to make itself apparent, I hope you remember to say to yourself, that's not who I am. I'm under the influence of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives inside of me. That is something which has from my past, that's something which is from somebody who's dead. That's something that I don't have to deal with. I can live in freedom. I can live in uh, holiness and forgiveness. Yeah. It's a big difference between one who says, I'm putting myself, submitting to these authorities, to these influences, and allowing my life to go down that path, and somebody who says, I've submitted myself to Christ, and occasionally these rebellious attacks enter in. It's a big difference between those two people. So Paul goes on, but if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The presence of the spirit of God in our lives is reciprocal. We are of him, and yet we have his spirit. It's reciprocal. The bearer of the spirit We are the bearers of God's Spirit. I talked about that a bit last week, that we are witnesses of Christ because the Spirit of God resides in our hearts. You are a bearer of His Spirit, but you're also held in the palm of His hand. Your life, your future, your loved ones, your hopes and your joys and your fears, they're held in the palm of God's hand. What does that mean? That means two things. Number one, it means God has empowered you to live a life of faith. But on the other hand, it means God has you. God's got you. God has your life. And I say that because I know that that some of us are going through dark places right now. I just want to say God has you. God has you in the palm of his hand. He does. You need to trust that. You need to realize that. Let that be a guiding principle for your life. God's got you. He hasn't let you go. And he won't let you go. The life that we have inside of us. Paul says, even though your body might be dead, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead is present within you. What does that mean? That means we also, we also get to be resurrected from the dead. We also get that spirit inside of us. The same one who rose Christ from the dead resides in each of you, in each of us, to resurrect us from our death, not just our physical death, but that is absolutely the case, but also the death that we experience on a daily basis the death that we are encountering in our lives, the Spirit of God is present within your heart to resurrect you from the dead.
It's a life not of our own, but it's a life that dwells in us. Uh, there's a, uh, a hymn, a, sort of a spiritual, and it goes like this. Uh, it's an old one. It goes, I don't, I don't know how to sing it, so I'm not going to sing it for you. I apologize, but I will read it to you. It says, something within me that holdeth the reins. There's something within me that banishes pain. There's something within me that I cannot explain. All I know is there's something within me. Have you that something, that burning desire? Have you that something that never doth tire? Oh, if you have it, that heavenly fire, then let the world know there's something within you. I met God one morning, my soul feeling bad, heart heavy laden with bowed down head. He lifted my burden. He made me so glad. All I know is there's something within me. There's something within me that holdeth the reins. Brothers and sisters, I can't tell you exactly how it works. I can't tell you how it works. I've had people come up to me and say, how do you, how do, you do what you do? You know? how, do you, how do you get through life? How do you get through all that schooling and, and carrying tremendous burden? Brothers and sisters, I don't know exactly how that works. All I know is there's something within me that holdeth the reins. There's something within me that when my, my life becomes derailed, when things start jumping the track, there's something within me that pushes it back. There's something within me that, that grabs control and straightens it out. And for some reason, I, I go to bed at night and I don't cry myself to sleep. There's something within me that banishes pain. Ah, you should be weeping. You should be upset. You should be terrified. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's something within me that banishes pain. There's something within me that, that holdeth the reins of my life. Brothers and sisters, I'm not telling you my life's perfect. Oh, God, it's not perfect. Oh, Lord, it's not perfect. But there's something within me. There's something within me seeing me through. Do you see what I mean? See, that's the Christian experience. That's the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you say, I've submitted my life to Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. There's something within you that holdeth the reins. Would you lean on it when you get into those times of trouble? There's a light within you. Would you look to it when you get into times of darkness? We go into times of darkness, and it's like Christians have this light locked up inside of them, but when they reach a dark time, they start looking around them, trying to find a light that's present in this world because they're scared. They're not sure. They haven't quite learned how to trust that there is a light inside of you which can guide you and show you the way home. Don't... Don't neglect that. Don't forget that. Remember that. The Spirit of Christ, the very one who resurrected him from the dead, lives inside of each of you. There's something within you. There's a spirit inside of you that's not of your own, a strength that's not of your own. And even though you may not be able to explain it, you know that it's there. And Paul goes on, he says, Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Because of righteousness. Not your righteousness, by the way. Not your righteousness. The righteousness of Christ. God's righteousness. In fact, elsewhere, Paul says that God has given us righteousness. He's given us the gift of righteousness. Not because we deserve it, but because he's gracious towards us and he loves us. And here in verse 11, now this verse, I, when I first 
what, I, what I've been doing uh, in, in my preaching recently, God works through different preachers different ways, and he's worked in my life as a preacher in different ways. And in this season of my life, what he's been doing is he's been giving me a passage first and a sermon later. Sometimes he gives me the sermon first, and then he says, that's the passage. But this time, he gave, for a while now, he's been giving me the passage first. And so when he gave me this passage, I, I looked at verse 11, and there was just some about verse 11. I couldn't, I couldn't look away from it. When I read through 9 through 11, I'd read 9, okay, I'd read 10, okay, I'd read 11, I'd stop. It'd stop me. There's something, something about this verse that, there's just something about it. Let me read it to you. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Oh, there's something there, Paul. Oh, are you sure, Paul? Are you sure you want to say that, Paul? Are you sure you want to say that he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you? Oh, that's asking for a step of faith, isn't it? That's asking me to go a little bit farther than I want to. That's asking me to, at the end of my life, realize that my, my whole eternity is in the palm of God's hands and Nothing that I've done during this life, whether good or bad, can compare to the righteousness which I've found in Christ. And My salvation isn't built up by my own works, but it's only based on the work of God. And that the spirit that dwells in me can give life to my moral bodies. That's a movement of faith. It's a movement of faith. And when Jesus tells his disciples, but the spirit will come upon you, and you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses... And if you remember the very first sermon I preached on that passage, what I said was that as Pentecostals, we're sometimes so wrapped up with, uh, with, spiritual, uh, the, with, the, with the reality of spiritual gifts, you know, with healings and with prophecies and with tongues, that we have sort of put the other spiritual gifts of restoration and forgiveness and uh, a life lived free of sin, those sometimes, they don't feel as spiritual to us because we're so wrapped up in the in the, the gifts that are more visible. But here I think that Paul tells us something about the Spirit working inside of us. That he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his Spirit that dwells in you. I was in Seattle, and um, uh, when I was kind of, when I was associate pastor up there, and there was a pastor in the area, his name's Steve Shell. And uh, he's a very soft-spoken guy. He's the kind of guy you wouldn't really know unless you, you, know, you knew him, unless you were close to him, you went to his church, or you were part of a cohort. But he's on our international board of directors. Now, that means that's the board which governs Foursquare, not just of the United States, but of international Foursquare. Um, Nine million people, and there's a board of 12, I think. And he sits on that board. Uh, and so he's a very, uh, just a an amazing man, and he's very humble, and he's very approachable, and, he, and uh, he's one of the guys who, when I became a pastor here, when I got this calling, I kind of knew him a little bit, and so I let him know. I said, you know, Steve, I want to pastor how you pastor, because I've seen you pastor, and that's the kind of pastor I want to be. I want to be like you, and uh, he's getting older now. He's probably going to retire soon, but he's just an amazing guy. Anyways, I was a part of a little cohort up in Seattle. Uh, he, he pastors a church in that area, not Seattle proper, but a little ways away. And some of the younger pastors, and I was invited because I was the associate, we would all go over to his church maybe once a month, once a quarter, 
and just talk with him. And it was just amazing just to listen to him and, and learn from him a little bit. And I remember one time we were there, and he told a story. He said, you know, you could tell he was kind of frustrated. He said, it's, I don't understand it. He said, you know, I've been pastoring for decades. He said, and I would sometimes, he says, I go to, I go to the hospital sometimes, and I find somebody there who they are, you know, it's terminal. They have not weeks, they have days. And he said, I was there, and, and I was looking at this man, and he looked at me with terror in his eyes. And he said, what am I, what's going to happen to me? And Steve said, I, Steve goes, Steve's a very humble guy, like I said. He goes, you know, I have to look at myself as a pastor and ask myself, did I not explain, did I not explain things well enough? Did I not explain things in the decades that this man has been in my church that the spirit that lives inside of you will give life to your mortal bodies? Did I not do a good enough job of explaining that? I want to tell you guys today, the spirit of life that lives inside of you will give life to your mortal bodies. Not something you do, something you receive. The spirit of God is inside of you. If you've submitted yourself to Christ, the spirit of God is inside of you. And there's going to come a day, Lord, let it be, many years from now, but for every one of us, there's going to come a day when we draw our last breath, and at that moment, it will be the ultimate leap of faith when we say, like Jesus did, Lord, receive my spirit. But that spirit is inside of you, giving life to your moral bodies. That's not a fairy tale. That's reality. The spirit of God is in you. And he will resurrect you again. For those of us who have lost people who are close to us. You know what Paul says about the last days, the, the end time when Jesus comes again? He doesn't have a lot to say about it, but he, what he does say is this. He says, the dead in Christ will rise first. And we will meet them in the air. That means that those of us who have passed away, those of us who have lost members of our family, they get to rise first. They are the first fruits of resurrection. We get the privilege of joining them. We're second. They're first. That spirit that lives inside of you, it gives life. It brings resurrection. You also have the spirit that dwells inside of you. I want to invite uh, Bruce and Stan up. Come on up, guys. I know you guys thought I forgot about you, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, Bruce has a testimony he wants to share with us. And, and then after he shares with us a testimony, I want to have just a time of prayer. and um, Test. There you go. Let me, yeah, let Sam, me why don't you introduce something and, first. Yeah, say yeah, something. This is my friend Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Bruce is a electrician and I was in need of an electrician. Bruce and I have worked on other jobs before and uh, he's helped me out many times on our house and other places we've worked together. But uh, the, the key is is the uh, Lord, he ca I called Bruce and he called me back and he said, I, I just can't do the work. I've had a bad back for two months and I haven't been able to go to work. And uh, I can barely 
get up. And uh, I says, well, why don't you come by the house and we'll pray for you. Yeah. But I did have a motive. I needed help. <laughs> and I knew the Lord can heal. Amen. So there's faith involved here. I'm Amen. believing, okay, God, I can pray for Bruce. Amen. So I'm going to let him share. So I, I, I guess I got to say that uh, when he called, I could stand up for two or three minutes, and that was about it. I, I had to lay down again. And uh, I went over, and, and uh, Stan and Christy got together and, and prayed for me, and, and uh, I was able to work there a little bit, I, and, and uh, then went back the next day, and we completed the job, and I stood there for hours wow. working. I, I, I wasn't able to function as well as I could, but, but I stood for hours without having to go lay down. And uh, yeah. as it turned out, uh, a week later, um, I didn't have any more back pain. And I'm experiencing this back pain for years. Amen. Okay? Praise God. And, and a week later. Here's, here's, the, here's the miracle. Okay, so um, several years ago, I'm, I'm tied in with the, the Veterans Administration, and they did x-rays on me, and they said, your back is loaded with arthritis. And uh, we can't do anything about it. We'll give you pain pills to cover it up. And uh, I went for x-rays this past Monday, and uh, they couldn't find any arthritis in my back wow. or my hips. Praise God. This is in, in one week. Amen. And, and I'm so tickled. I'm calling Stan saying, wow, you sure did some good. But it wasn't Stan that did it. <laughs> Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. He said, if I had Jesus' number, I'd call him. <laughs> But I called you instead. <laughs> and we know Jesus That's is right, right here. Stan, would you, would you pray? Would you just give glory to God for that? Lord, I do just give you all the praise, yes, all Lord. the glory and honor. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your love for us, mm -hmm. that you want us to call on you. Yes, you Lord. want us to cry out to you and say, Lord, yes. I need you. Yes. And Lord, you are there yeah. for anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord to yeah. save. You save. You are our Savior. And you are our healer. And our baptizer and the yeah. Holy Spirit. And we just thank you for all your goodness and all that you're yes. going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Amen. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks, guys. You know what? Uh, oh, you got it. Yeah, that's all right. But you can hand it to me if you want. What Bruce said that, uh, that I think is just right on it. He said, you know, it wasn't Stan who did it. That's right. That was the Lord who did it. And you know what, I don't know, uh, I was talking to a pastor uh, this last week, and, and uh, he was talking about healings, and you know, I, I don't know why some people are healed and others are not. I don't know that. My stepdad has been prayed for for healing for decades, for his eyes. He can't see very well at all. He can see like that much. And... Every, you know, time an evangelist or a healer would come through our church, they'd see, oh, they'd be like, there's a blind guy here. We got to we gotta get that blind guy up here and get him healed, you know. So, and he was, he's like, yeah, man, pray for me. That'd be great. And it, so he comes up, and, and he'd get prayed over, and, the, you know, depending on how charismatic the particular healer or evangelist was, it would depend on how loud they are. But, um, but he'd always go back, and his eyes would always be uh, as they were. Just a second, Jim. And, uh, you know, I, I asked him once, I said, do you, do you ever get discouraged in that? And he said, he said, no, why would I get discouraged? He said, I, 
I, I just figure God's still doing something with it. I trust God in it. I don't know why God chooses to heal some and not heal others, but I'll tell you what, so long as he keeps on healing people, I'm going to keep on asking. So long as he still heals, I'm going to pray for healing. Amen. Stand at you. Yes. 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 Absolutely. 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 So what we're going to do now, because I know there's not just one or two, there's like six to 12 people in our midst who are suffering with physical illness right now. And so we're just going to pray for them. All right? And, and if you are new here or if you're not familiar with praying for people who are sick, it's not, please don't, uh, don't check out. This is not a time of, uh, you know, it's not a hokey pokey, you know, weird, you know, you know, sort of a thing. This is a way of us loving each other. This is a way of us saying, you know what, I see that you're suffering. I want to just bring you before God and, and believe that God has healing for you. And I believe that God still heals. So we're going to pray for that, all right? So if, if, that's, if that's you, if you're saying to yourself, you know, I have something in my body, a physical need in my body um, that needs prayer for you. You don't have to tell everybody what it is, but if that's you, would you stand up? Would you stand up where you are? If you have a physical need in your body, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have to stand up, Sharon, if you need to sit down. All right, sister. Preach it. Preach it. Lord help my unbelief. All right, now those of you who are sitting down, if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God is inside of you. The same Spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead. So I want you to just agree with me in prayer. Would you just reach out near, if there's somebody near you who's standing, would you just put their, your hand on their shoulder or take their hand? Uh, yeah, disperse yourself if there's some that need prayer, that uh, need somebody to put their hand on their shoulder. And we're just going to pray. I'm going to pray. You're going to pray. We're all going to pray the same time, all right? And we're going to pray that God heals everyone here in their body, all right? So let's just begin to pray. Would you just begin to cry out to the Lord for that person? Oh, Lord, we pray. We lift up these bodies to you, Jesus. Lord God, we lift up these people. Jesus, that you have paid for their healing. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we lift up their bodies to you. And I pray that you would heal them. God, touch hearts, touch bodies, touch feet, touch minds, Lord. Bring healing to the body, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are Jesus. You are healing, Lord. I thank you that you are powerful. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lord, when you were on this earth, you went around and you healed bodies, Lord. You had that power, and it's written on our wall. There, We cannot deny it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. 
And so in the name of Jesus, we just pray healing right now over the bodies of our congregation, Lord. Would you heal hearts, God? Would you heal legs, Lord? Right now, let your healing fall on us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you and we pray, Lord, that you would raise up among us even more testimonies like Bruce. And we give you all the glory and all the praise, Lord. You are with us. You are leading us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Blessings to you. Good. You know, uh, there's, no, there's no magical formula for healing. There's no, there's no special incantation. The one who heals is Jesus. He's the one who does it. In fact, the last thing I'll say is that uh, Amy Sutton McPherson was doing a, uh, a healing service. People would come, and they were sick, and they would come up to her for healing, for prayer. And she came down, and there was a, a young woman there. And uh, she said to the woman, what would you like me to pray for? And the woman says, I'd like you to heal me. And Amy said, I can't do that. I'm sorry. You'll have to go to someone else for that. Amy said, I'm, I'm not a healer. I'm sort of like a waitress. You tell me what you need, and I'll go back and talk to the one who makes the food, the one who gives the healing, and I'll come out and, and pray for you and give it to you. It's not Stan. It's not me. It's the Spirit of God. It's the presence of Jesus that heals our lives. Not just our bodies, but our minds and our hearts, too. So, Lord, we lift up this time to you, and we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence, Lord, your sweet presence. Oh, let your presence surround our lives. Let it go with us to our jobs. Lord, let it help us to love the unlovable, to forgive the unforgivable, Lord, to do the impossible, Jesus, to heal bodies, Lord, to heal lives, God, to restore broken relationships. Let the Spirit of God be upon us. Let the power of God go with us. Now, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. We thank you and we dedicate our lives to you, Lord. In your holy name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Grab some coffee. Love on somebody. Love to see you next Sunday. If you're interested in the class, we will be having it soon. Doris has a... Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely.